Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It's Tuesday, October 17th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Tuesday slate. Uh, Brett Pepler not with us. He had us stuck at work. Well, it's not really work. It's training kids, hockey training. I mean, that's that's a good kind of work. I mean, uh, a lot of these uh, former players, they enjoy it. But he's running behind. He'll be back next Tuesday, though, with us once again uh, on the uh, show. So it's just Alex and I today ready to break it down. Uh, Looking back on Monday's slate, um, the bad news is sides and totals didn't do well at all. Uh, for me yesterday. Very, very frustrating. And the, the the one that really, really ended the night with extreme frustration, because we were hoping at least salvage it, was Calgary, unable to uh, hold a 2-0 lead against uh, Washington. Unable to really put that game away, 40 shots. And again, not able to finish that game. They lose 3-2. We saw Toronto upset by Chicago. This is a typical Leaf result. Haven't we seen that a million times the last yeah. few years? Uh, a weeknight home game, a sterile environment, a quiet crowd, dead as a doornail like normal on a Toronto Maple Leafs home game on a weeknight against an inferior opponent, and the Leafs fall prey to it. Last night against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks in that loss, 4-1. to one. Uh, We also saw uh, Florida, uh, very impressive with uh, Florida. And look, uh, I made no bones about it. We'd be looking to fade Florida every night. Now, we know it's not going to work out every night, but uh, definitely credit to them for a uh, solid performance, strong start, uh, and they rode that very, very good start to a uh, bounce-back performance and a win against the uh, Florida Panthers uh, last night in that game. Uh, and we also, of course, last night saw the uh, Arizona Coyotes and the New York Rangers, uh, even with Arizona falling short 2-1. to one. I mean, a very, very valiant effort from them. Uh, in defeat, pretty good goaltending from both guys. Shesterkin and uh, Connor Ingram were both very good in that game. Rangers pull it out with a 2-1 to one victory. Actually, the moment I thought Arizona was probably not going to win that game was when they had that extended 5-on-3, late second period, early third period, and they had just a golden opportunity there to take a lead, and they couldn't finish. Shesterkin was very good, uh, and uh, the New York Rangers ended up winning 2-1. to one. And then the other game last night was Detroit in a pretty convincing 4 nothing shutout of uh, Columbus. I thought Columbus would certainly do a lot more offensively, but James Reimer with the shutout in his debut with the Detroit Red Wings and uh, Spencer Martin, not quite as good, uh, giving up four goals in the uh, loss for the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. The good news about yesterday was another bargain bin casher. Uh, really remarkable uh, to see. And it's great to see it when you've got this theory, you've got this concept, you've got this idea in mind, and it plays out perfectly. We said it on yesterday's show with my bargain bin special of the night selection. Matthew Phillips of the Washington Capitals. Yes, he was playing on the third line. Yes, he's very inexperienced in the at the NHL level, but he was a very good goal scorer in the AHL. He was with the Calgary Flames organization, the team that he was playing against last night. They basically said, you know what, we were going to balk at, you know, trying to make you a real legit offer to rejoin the team. Matthew Phillips said, you know what, to hell with this. I'm going to go elsewhere, sign elsewhere. He ended up in Washington, uh, and of course, he ends up, being motivated, as most players would in that situation, uh, to really play well and find the back of the net, hit the score sheet, make an impact, 
uh, against a team that really didn't give him a fair shot last year at any point. Uh, and sure enough, he did that, getting on the scoreboard, getting the set, uh, first goal, getting Washington going in that game after that 2 nothing deficit. So Matthew Phillips plus 700 uh, with that uh, bargain bin special of the night. Outstanding. And the props actually were profitable. So for me last night. So thankfully, and a couple of big hits. I also, if you looked at the community tab in that very same hockey game, I saw that right before faceoff, uh, not right before, but like an hour or so when the line combinations were finalized, Adam Rzichka moved up to the second line for Calgary. So I took a shot with him to score, and he did. He got the first goal for Calgary, plus 650 on that. So a couple of really big goal <laughs> props, including, of course, Matthew Phillips from that game, really helped me uh, last night quite a bit. Alex, uh, thoughts on the Monday slate? Yeah, it seems like Calgary games tend, tend to be your perfect wheelhouse with these bargain bin. You had Coronado, and then now you're hitting goal props on both sides of it. Of it. So uh, job well done by you. I did not have a good night last night. Uh, my big play, Toronto, Chicago, first period over. I mean, just as sleepy of a first period as you can get and just just stunning to see from really both teams. Uh, it was more sloppiness on Chicago's end, and you're going to have sloppy efforts. Even though it's a good offense uh, you know, on paper, they're not going to be able to execute every single night. They got it together in the second period, and that's why they were able to win that game. But Toronto, another flat, like you said, midweek effort, lifeless crowd. This is unacceptable. If they want to get over that hump of being just the, you know, uh, more than a one and done team in the postseason, you have to win these kind of games. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out there and win 60, 70 games, but you got to stop having these laid out efforts against bottom five, bottom 10 teams. It's year after year after the, with the same shit. And if they don't turn it around, you know, they're just going to be doing the same old thing, losing in the first round, not building wins, not getting enough points to give you that momentum. That's two points they'll look back on, honestly, later in the year and be like, oh, we didn't get home ice because of this. We didn't get, uh, you know, President's Trophy because of this. Those games start adding up and then they put themselves behind the eight ball. Not to mention you just should just be playing better against weaker uh, opposition. That's what the best teams in the league do. So I was really stunned to see that with, with Toronto, this edition of Toronto after the uh, good games that we saw from them a couple nights earlier. Uh, you mentioned about Arizona and, and the New York Rangers. That's a really interesting game uh, in, in the sense of where, like I said, you know, Arizona, feisty team, keeping it close, and uh, a quality opponent in the Rangers not putting away uh, a much better team. And that's why we always talk about being, uh, you know, on these bigger dogs early in the year. These dogs are barking right now uh, in some of these spots and some of these big favorites that should be winning big games. They aren't doing it now, but we have to obviously still be cautious of just running after just all big dogs and, and fading big favorites because that tide will turn at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a case by case, game by game basis. Uh, I've never, and I've always said this on this show, many other shows that I do in other sports as well. You can't just, you know, take a broad concept and say, we're going to bet every single game this way, all underdogs, all overs, all unders, uh, that kind of philosophy. It's game by game. It's situation by situation. And, and there's a various amount of factors that have to be incorporated uh, into your handicap. And uh, that's certainly the case with the underdogs. That being said, you know, I do think the underdogs are a little bit more live at this time of year. And I'm talking about the teams that people think are going to be the bottom feeders, the basement dwellers, the cellar dwellers. Those are the teams that I think are going to perk up early in the season and be able to cash some big dog tickets like Arizona did against New Jersey, like Chicago did last night against Toronto, like Anaheim did Sunday night against Carolina. You know, this is the time of year where I think there's more, a little bit more opportunity at the very least. Uh, to cash in on some of these uh, bigger uh, underdogs. Just some uh, housework to uh, 
tidy up here before we get into the Tuesday card. We have the power ratings first set for me posted, not only on the Ice Guys community tab, where actually it's just the top five teams uh, on the Ice Guys community tab for the members. Uh, the full power ratings are on the Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash iceguys, one through 32. San Jose's number 32. I'm not really giving away any major secrets there uh, with that. Vegas is number one. Uh, and uh, so that's not really a big shock either. Defending champs, and there's nothing they've done so far that makes me indicate that they don't deserve that spot right now. Defending champs, and they've yeah. had a very strong performance in the first few games uh, of the uh, season. So, uh, one and 32. I'll say this, two of the fastest movers up my power ratings early in the season from preseason power ratings to this week's first set. Alex's Chicago Blackhawks actually moved up five spots. And that reason for that is because not only the win last night, but because the, the effort's been there. The work ethic's been there every night for Chicago. The win against Pittsburgh, the hard effort against Boston and a tough back-to-back -to -back spot. You know, I know they lost to uh, Montreal Saturday night, but again, a competitive loss right in the game. You know, effort was solid. And then last night, the win against Toronto. So I moved them up five spots. And the team I've moved up more than anybody so far because they were in the, what, low to mid-20s at the early part of the season. I've got them now just outside the top 10 after my first power ratings. That's the Vancouver Canucks. So it has been a very, very big rise. Now, the reason why the first power ratings I put out, I, I, am, I do this every year. I find that I raise teams based on one week and a very small sample size, probably more than I should. And sometimes I drop teams based on you know a, a rough start. Like I've dropped Buffalo a little bit. I've dropped Seattle a little bit uh, in my power ratings. And it's just so that I'm not prisoner to say, you know what, uh, this team's struggling, but I've got to try to find value to bet on them. No, it's right. so that... They're struggling right now. I don't touch them until I see something positive uh, from them. That's why I drop them more. And a team like Vancouver, I raise them more off a really good and impressive start. And there's no impressive start more possible probably than beating Edmonton bad, 8-1, to one, and then in a clear revenge spot with a motivated, strong hockey team at home on Saturday night, Vancouver still beats them again. You know, you had to raise their power rating. And the reason I raise them more – is because I want reasons to back them right now. I want to be betting on Vancouver right now with what I have seen. So that's the way, why I do that in the early season power ratings. I drop teams more, maybe more than I should because it gives me a reason not to bet on them. And I raise yep. the teams that have looked impressive more because it gives me more reasons to want to bet on them uh, based on that hot start. Yeah, and that's a great point. And and if you're you know part of the Patreon uh, you know subscription and you see the power rankings that I have, the power rankings that Ian has, of course mine has the goalie charts. That's kind of more where that's situated toward. My power rankings are a bit more steadfast. I won't make any big changes until uh, probably after the end of this month. So Ian's will be a bit more fluid, a bit more more consistent. To uh, there's a old uh, Jim Feist, an old handicapper, had a, a set of power rankings he used to use, and they were called fast and slow. So Ian's is more of the fast kind That's of power rapid response, yeah. looking yeah, looking for for something Hogan that you can bet right too. away. They're buddies, right. of course. Hogan calls right, it that yeah, Coke and Fights, right? Yeah. And so yeah. mine's more of the slow chart. So yeah. I won't make any humongous changes outside of, like I said, October will be where things are set from what I've seen over the last month. The biggest changes will just be keeping up of you know which goalies are where the prices between goaltenders and, and things of that nature. So. Like I said, you have two sets to work upon, and you can kind of combine the two together and, uh, you know, build some of your own analysis. 
Yeah, no doubt. And that's what it's about. And uh, like I say, I tried, I am a fluid power ratings guy. Current form really matters for me uh, because in a long season, you want to be quickly changing. You want to be on those teams that are in their little patch of great play, you know, and it could be a five game swatch. It could be a 10 game span. You never know, but there's going to be a time where a team just catches fire and off they go on a nice run. And then the moment you see it turn the other way, you want to drop them, you know, and, and so, and that, gets me uh, more uh, away from betting on a team that's in a rough rut and a rough patch and more toward betting on a team that's really feeling it, you know, and playing well at, at a given moment. Speaking of playing well at a given moment, it's a great segue into our first game on this Tuesday card, the aforementioned Vancouver Canucks as they take on the Philadelphia Flyers. Vancouver, minus 135, road favorites, six the total in this game. Like I said, you played an Edmonton team that people think could come out of the West an Edmonton team that went to the conference finals two years ago, uh, ended up losing in the second round of the eventual Stanley Cup champions last year. And all Vancouver did was beat them in their place uh, and then beat them on the road again in Edmonton, 4-3, in a spot where Edmonton was really, you know, chomping at the bit to bounce back strong. Now, they definitely outplayed Edmonton in the first game. Edmonton did carry the play in the second game, but all that matters is the dub. And Vancouver got the win 4-3, to three. Uh, and they wrote a very solid goaltending effort from Casey DeSmith in his first start with the uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, in that he played very well uh, in that game. We'll see you now if the Canucks can uh, continue this good start as they go on the road. I've been thoroughly impressed with Vancouver. Uh, Elias Pettersson uh, already off to a tremendous start. One goal, five assists, six points in two hockey games. How crazy is that? Uh, he has just been absolutely sensational here for Vancouver. Uh, look, Connor Garland kind of wants uh, exploring trade potential for him. He's had a decent start. Kuzmenko, uh, what I've been impressed with was Besser so far this year for the uh, Canucks. Five points in the first two games uh, for Brock Besser. He clearly is feeling it uh, right now for this team. You know, really, really impressed how they got a great goal the other night in that win over Edmonton, the game, the rematch in Edmonton from Sam Lafferty, recently acquired in that deal with Toronto because they were in cap purgatory and they needed to shed some salary. So they ended up dumping Lafferty and trading him to Vancouver. Uh, and he gets on the scoreboard with a wonderful individual effort to get uh, a goal the other night against Edmonton. So he played very well in that game as well. It's uh, the defense is much improved. That's another thing I've noticed about Vancouver. And I think it's the Tockett uh, effect as well as the head coach. They're definitely much better in their own zone defending. They're not running around like fucking chickens with their head cut off anymore. That happened so much early in the season last year. It happened two years ago. They look like they're playing with some structure. You know, we know where the forward is that's helping us out defensively. The forward high in the slot, as they say in the defensive zone. We know where the, the blue line works to the front of the net now uh, so that it makes it tough to get pucks through. I mean, you're seeing all these little defensive principles, and they didn't have any at times early last year, and now you're seeing it for uh, Rick Tockett. So impressive from Vancouver. Philadelphia, through the first uh, two games, they've split one and one. Uh, they beat Columbus 4-2. They fell 5-2 to Ottawa uh, on Saturday. Uh, the, the Flyers are going to be one of those teams where if they get the goaltending, they're going to have a chance. You know, if they play good defense, they're going to have a chance. The, the offense is going to be a little bit erratic. It, it, they're not one of the better uh, offensive teams as far as depth is concerned. Uh, in the NHL. Now they have given up 64 shots in the first two games. I don't think that's something that's going to sit too well with uh, John Tortorella, a guy that you better be blocking shots if you're going to play 
uh, on a John Tortorella coached hockey team. And you're not seeing as much of that here in the first two games from this uh, Philadelphia Flyers team. It's the Flyers home opener, by the way. Of course, they open the season on the road for those two games against Columbus and Ottawa. And note the start time, 6 p.m. Eastern uh, for this game uh, because of the fact they want this game starting early so that you know people can get home and catch the end of the baseball uh, with the Diamondbacks and Phillies playing game two of the NLCS uh, tonight, baseball playoffs. So that's why it's an earlier start. Uh, what I'm going to do here in this game with uh, Vancouver is um, probably defer a little bit more to the money line here with Vancouver. I did take them money line and I also took their team total, but it's pro to 80 to 20 split percentage wise for me. I've got 80% on that money line at minus 130 right now at Pinnacle. Um, and I've also got probably 20% of the entirety of the bet on Vancouver on the team total, uh, which currently with the uh, Canucks is over three and a half at plus 115. Uh, at Pinnacle. So um, I do like the money line more than the team told just because this could be 3-1 Vancouver. This could be 3-2 Vancouver. I could see something like that for sure. It's not a given they're going to be able to score four, four goals. That being said, they did score eight and four in their first two games. And we did see Ottawa give up, or Philly rather, give up five in their last game uh, against the uh, Ottawa Senators. We don't have goalie confirmations yet for this game. We have projections for it to be Thatcher Demko and Carter Hart. I expect it to be Thatcher Demko and Carter Hart, but not confirmed as of yet. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you think here to get the uh, night started? Canucks, Flyers. I was just saying in the chat, that's got to be an absolute uh, traffic nightmare in Philly when you have a two-hour gap between a Flyers and, and a Phillies playoff game. But uh, good job on them making that, that time swap. This is an interesting game. And like you said, you've moved up Vancouver quite a bit. I still have them as just kind of a, a, of a mid-range team. Uh, like I said, great effort against Edmonton, but I think that's more indicative of just Edmonton not being ready, which is uh, a big problem. Uh, you know, dropping two games in that fashion against a division opponent. But now, you know, going on the road, Cross conference, cross country. Uh, I can see where maybe this is kind of a little bit of a sloppier game, especially with that earlier start as well. So this is one I want to wait for that uh, total to drop down at six. That's solid, but I think we can get five and a half, and maybe even wait for some plus money. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. Alive over here at five and a half, but I, I wouldn't shy away from six right now either. Uh, except I just don't trust in the goaltending necessarily. If Vancouver can come through with that offense, does not necessarily mean they're going to be able to. Uh, stop things in their own end. Like I said, Philly's not uh, blocking a lot of shots. Jarek mentioned in the chat that four different defensemen have scored goals against the Flyers, so that means there's a lot of open shooting lanes, and that could be problematic. So I like it over here, but I'd wait and get a better price at a better number. All right, looking at a live over potentially here in this one for the uh, for Alex and this Canucks and Flyers game. There are some props, by the way, that I do like here in this uh, matchup with the uh, Canucks and the Flyers. From the Canucks uh, side of the equation, I mean – yeah, Brock Besser to me, and the thing with Brock Besser is Pedersen, obviously, point prop is just through the roof. He can't take it. It's minus uh, 250 uh, for him to get a point. But Brock Besser, on the other hand, only minus 130. There has not been any kind of adjustment, major adjustment yet. Very playable price. Uh, Brock Besser uh, to, to, to get a point tonight for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Again, five points to start the year in two games for him. Uh, very, very impressive what we've seen. Uh, from him at the uh, blue line. Uh, JT Miller, uh, again, his point prop a little bit too high, uh, unfortunately, but he's been off to a very good start uh, this season as well for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, same with Quinn Hughes, but again, a little too pricey with the uh, point prop for him going into this uh, matchup. 
And also, to keep in mind, as far as goals go, best are four goals. So not only the point prop, but maybe take a shot there with him to uh, find the back of the net uh, as well here in this game. The best goal prop is in the plus 200 to plus 205 range. So still a pretty good price with that. On the Philadelphia side, I think it's uh, pretty obvious who you want to roll with right now because they're not getting a ton of offense for from anybody in this lineup right now except for one guy, Travis Konechny. He's had a terrific start. Three goals, one assist, four points uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's basically been their offense for the most part here in the first two games. Point props a little too high for my liking, minus 160, but he's plus 200 to score a goal at FanDuel. And I think that's I think that's a good goal prop uh, on the Philly side. What, uh, three goals for him in just uh, the first two games. Again, three of his four points have been goals. So uh, the plus 200 uh, goal prop for uh, Travis Konechny. Certainly something that I would look at. And I'd probably stay away from everyone else until they show me they can put the puck in the net. Really, it's been Konechny carrying the way for the uh, Flyers so far. All right, Minnesota-Montreal. Uh, we have uh, Minnesota minus 140, uh, road favorite, six the total here in this one. Uh, Minnesota Wild looking to uh, bounce back after a uh, really shoddy performance against Toronto, certainly at the defensive end, seven to four. Uh, they lose to the Leafs on Saturday night. Certainly, they're going to want to clean things up at least a little bit here. Uh, in their own zone following that kind of game. Uh, we'll see uh, if they are able to do that here in this one. Um, when you look at the uh, Montreal Canadiens, they are off a 3-2 win against Chicago. Uh, competitive, hard-fought 6-5 loss in their opener in Toronto against the Leafs. So it's a hard-working Montreal team. And this is now the price range where I get a little interested in Montreal when they're an underdog and they're catching a price. Uh, that being said, am I that bullish on it here? Not really. I mean, I lean Montreal. I don't love it. Minnesota's dominated the Montreal Canadiens. Five straight head-to-head -head series victories for the uh, Minnesota Wild over the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And they played very well here in Montreal uh, at the uh, Bell Centre. In fact, Minnesota, 6-1 and one in their last seven visits to the La Belle Provence here to the Bell Centre to take on the Montreal Canadiens. So Minnesota's played pretty well, but you're just never, never in a million years going to see me lay in Minnesota minus 140 on the road against anybody this year. It's not the price range I like with them at all. So this is going to be a lean Montreal, but as of right now, pass for me. Alex, uh, Wild Canadians. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned it. Five straight wins for the Wild against the Habs. 14 and one last 15 meetings. It's been completely one-sided for many, many years between these two teams. And you also keep in mind, it's Mark andre Fleury's more than likely his last start in Montreal. Uh, you know, he's got about two dozen friends and family that already have tickets. So he's always played well there. And uh, the Wilds have always played well against this team. So, like I said, not laying 140 on the road with them. I'm going to take a dollar five on the regulation line. So my Minnesota plus 105, that's going to be my bet here. I think they play well. I think they play better than what we saw from them, certainly from in the Toronto game. But even the Florida game, like I said, it wasn't a, it wasn't a world-beater effort other than uh, for Philip Gustafson. He looked amazing. The rest of the team really needed to pick it up. I think this is the spot where they can do it. Montreal will probably get some goals, too, so I'd lean with the over as well. But I think the, uh, the Habs will fall and the Wild will get the win here. Yeah, I would lean over, too. Minnesota got pulled into this track meet by Toronto, which is not usually the way they want to play. Um, Montreal's, you know, a team that's going to play, I think, more higher scoring games than not. And look, I know Chicago game stayed under the total, but look, all of a sudden the Chicago team, Chicago hasn't cashed an over yet this year, by the way. I want to point that out. Pittsburgh, Boston, 
Uh, Montreal on Saturday, Toronto last night, they're four and to the under, you know, Weird. and they're in there for, and that's Weird. not what I expected. And I know it's damn sure not what Alex expected no. from this team <laughs> either, but you know, they've been, they've been competing really hard defensively Chicago. I don't, I still don't think they're great defense. And the, I think the dam will burst on them defensively at some point, but early in the season, Luke Richardson, who, as you know, uh, tenacious, hard nosed defenseman, uh, and knew how to take care of things in his own end. He's kind of instilling those kind of principles on this team uh, right now. And look, the goaltending's been better. Morozik, I mean, uh, Soderblom last night was just outstanding uh, against the uh, Leafs. One yeah. of his best starts I've seen out of him. So right now the goaltending's there for Chicago. So yeah, you're maybe saying, wait a minute now, Montreal went under with Chicago. Well, Chicago all of a sudden's four and out of the under here so far this season. So I'm leaning over at six. These are small bets if I get involved in anything here. But on the prop market, here's one that I think uh, stands out to me. Uh, he has had opportunities. And with Matt Boldy out, by the way, and that is a, a confirmation. No Matt Boldy yeah. tonight for Minnesota. He got injured in the game against Toronto on Saturday night. So there's going to be some shuffling going on. It looks like we're going to have Eck, uh, Erickson Eck, Gaudreau, and Marcus Johansson now on the uh, second line tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. But the thing that really interests me here uh, from a Minnesota standpoint is without Boldy in the lineup, you know you're going to need some people to step up here for the um, Minnesota Wild. And I know he hasn't found the back of the net yet for the uh, Minnesota Wild, but he's tied for second uh, on the team uh, in shots on goal. Uh, it's Kirill Kaprizov night, I think, to finally score his first goal uh, of the season. He's had chances. He's had opportunities. I know the price on this is Never that great when it comes to, you know, the best player on a team. But plus 105 for uh, Kaprizov to score a goal, uh, worth a look in my opinion. Maybe a little sprinkle, too, on Marco Rossi for the Minnesota Wild. Plus 500 uh, at FanDuel. Really nice price. No, it isn't the bargain bin special of the night. That's why I'm talking about it now. But uh, Marco Rossi, uh, plus 500 uh, at FanDuel. I like what I've seen. He has generated a lot of opportunities. He's actually leading the team in shots on goal at seven through the first two games for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and, of course, he has a goal uh, and uh, a goal the other night, got his first goal against uh, Toronto. So uh, Rossi, you know, plus 500, why not? Uh, pretty good value there So for a guy that's obviously shooting the puck quite a bit here uh, early in the season for the uh, Wild. For the Canadians, you know who to go with. Caulfield is just automatic. If you're going to go with a goal prop, you, you start with him. Uh, Alex Newhook now. Because of the injury to Kirby Doc, big injury for Montreal, and such a shame, right? Looks like it's going to be a season ender as well. Yeah. Torn ACL slash MCL combo or something along those lines. And it's just a very, very unfortunate. Injuries have really plagued him. So moving up to that second line center spot is Alex Newhook, who's actually played pretty well for Montreal. So there we go. There's that great situation we like where we get undervalued plus 540 for him to score a goal tonight, by the way. And he's the second line center for Montreal tonight, Alex Newhook. Uh, so him, Caulfield, and here's one I'll throw out there because I see him on the top line, Marty St. Louis rewarding his play, which is basically carrying over from last year when he poured onto the scene here in Montreal and ended up playing pretty well. And that's RHP, Raphael Harvey Pinard. Uh, this is someone that uh, three shots on goal against Chicago, had opportunities. He's on the top line, it looks like, tonight with Caulfield and Suzuki. Talk about a great opportunity here for Raphael Harvey-Pinard for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. His props, too, undervalued. Point prop for him is plus 122 at FanDuel. Goal prop, plus 330 
uh, at DraftKings. So that's Raphael Harvey Pinard playing, it looks like, on the top line uh, with uh, Cockfield and Suzuki uh, here in this uh, game tonight. So some good options here as far as the prop market. You know, we got some guys moving up the lineup, getting increased minutes, getting increased opportunity. And it looks like, too, in the uh, case of uh, Pinard, Har Harvey Pinard here, not only top line, but probably likely power play duty uh, as well for the Montreal Canadiens. So you just love seeing these kind of things, you know, throughout the season, man. It's going to be so much fun to see these props and be able to take advantage of these underpriced players when they get moved up the lineup. You know, we're going to see countless examples of being able to take advantage, you know, of stuff like this. Uh, and uh, Harvey Pinard is just a perfect example of it. All of a sudden now, here he is on the top line. And here he is just a cheap plus 122 for a top line player to get a point is just, hey, that's not the kind of thing that comes around every single day uh, as far as betting player props. So that's absolutely a terrific value there, uh, in my opinion. All right, Arizona Coyotes and New York Islanders. Uh, we've got the Islanders minus 200 home favorites, uh, six the total uh, here in this game. Uh, fascinating matchup here, Coyotes and Islanders. You've got the Coyotes on the back-to-back. Uh, dropping a tough one against the Rangers, 2-1 to one last night. Great effort again from Arizona, though. You have seen them play two teams that were playoff teams in the Eastern Conference last year, and they won the first game against the Devils, and they were right there with the Rangers. In fact, if they capitalize, Alex, on that 5-on-3, late in the second period, early in the third period, they might have won that game because they would have been up 2-1, to one. they would have gotten all the momentum, and the Rangers really got momentum from that big, five-on-three penalty kill, and then they scored the eventual game-winning goal not long after that in that victory over the Arizona Coyotes last night. Tough spot for Arizona, but it's an early season back-to-back, -back. so it's you know I don't think it's as detrimental on the legs necessarily. We'll see if they can cope with it, but on the flip side here for the New York Islanders, they started their season off on the winning note over Buffalo. Uh, on Saturday night, typical Islander win, right? How many times? Have the, I'd love to know how many times the Islanders have won three to two, that exact score uh, over the last decade. I mean, that just feels like just the classic type of final score involving the Islanders, three one or three two, you know, something like that. And they did it again on Saturday night against the uh, Buffalo Sabers. Uh, Sorokin confirmed in net for the Islanders tonight. We saw Connor Ingram for Arizona last night, which obviously means it'll be Karel Vemelka here tonight back. Uh, in net for Arizona on the second of back-to-back -back games for them. Uh, we'll see if uh, he's able to uh, have a pretty good performance in between the pipes for this uh, team. Uh, when I look at the um, side here, and I'm again, Arizona's a team I've moved up a little bit here early in the season as well. I've talked about it from day one, a little bit high on this uh, Arizona team. Um, I am concerned about the back-to-back. -back especially a defensive-minded team like the Islanders. They're going to grind you into the ice. It's, you know, I worry about that a little bit for Arizona here, but I did grab just a small uh, look at the Arizona side here at plus 170. To me, this is just, you know, I'm going to look. You're not going to hit them all, but if you hit a handful of them, like if you hit Arizona at this price every four of seven games or something like that, four of eight games, you could even go 50% in an eight-game span betting Arizona at these underdog prices. And if you go, go 50%, you're profitable, you know? So that's my approach here with Arizona early in the season. I said, I'm going to be betting this team against New Jersey. Now, if they had lost to New Jersey, I may be cooling off on backing them here, but they beat New Jersey for me. I cashed with them at over plus 200, came back to them last night. They fell just short, come back to them again tonight. 
and let's see if we can roll together a nice little return on investment here with the Arizona Coyotes game in and game out these first few games of the season. It's not like the Islanders are a team that are ever going to pull away from you. You know, they play tight games. They play close games, competitive games. They don't always have the goal-scoring prowess to pull away. So I expect a competitive game, a close game. And even with the back-to-back spot being uh, in play here for Arizona, I'm going to take them again here at plus 170 tonight. Alex, uh, Coyotes Islanders. Yeah, you know, I'm leaning toward tailing you on that, to be honest. Uh, like I said, these are, you know, two teams where I, I kind of, in a way, I have Arizona right now higher than the Islanders, just off of style. Uh, the Islanders will probably end up being a better team. They'll have a better record o- overall. But right now, I just like Arizona's game a little bit more than the Islanders. The Islanders just, you know, kind of in midseason form already as far as playing that, you know, old school defensive first kind of cycle and trap kind of a game. And I think Arizona has enough speed to to break through with that, but also have enough responsibility on the back end to not get into a track meet, like you said. You know, that was evident last night with that Arizona game and, and the Rangers. So I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna take a shot here. It's at plus one sixty five, plus one seventy. I'm gonna take a shot with the Coyotes here. And and you know, obviously I think it's a goaltending mismatch. I'd much rather have Sorokin than Vimelka, but uh I just feel as a complete unit, I like Arizona a little bit more than the Islanders in this spot. All right, liking the uh, Islanders here uh, in uh, this spot. And uh, Alex going uh, along with me here for a little shot on the uh, Coyotes. Oh, 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 there we go. A little mini uh, Coyote sound uh, for me. I would have done a louder one if they had won last night, but they didn't. So uh, just a small little Coyote uh, for me in this uh, game tonight. As far as props go, look, Logan Cooley now, that's three assists and three points for the uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes. He got an assist on their only goal last night. Uh, this is a talk about it, the Cooley point prop, uh, and eventually he's going to score too. And I, I, I feel like I got to keep riding the goal prop too, until he finally pops one, uh, plus four sixty. but I like the point prop even more, uh, plus one twenty four, three points, three assists for Logan Cooley here early in the season. Very good price uh, on that uh, point prop for him uh, in this game tonight. So definitely uh, liking that. As far as the uh, Islanders go, and Clayton Keller, by the way, a goal and two assists. You got to bet his goal prop or, or, or nothing because the point prop is like minus two fifty. You can't take that, but you can always take the goal prop plus one ninety. He's a threat every night to find the back of the net for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, no question. On the Islanders' side of the equation, look, I, I talked about him right off the shoot Saturday when we talked Sabres Islanders. I mean, Brock Nelson, man. He's probably the guy that I trust more than anybody to step up night to night in, night out for the Islanders offensively. And he did that against Buffalo. He got a goal and an assist, a two-point night in that victory for the Islanders on Saturday night. So Brock Nelson to score a goal. I think he he is the best goal prop on this Islanders team. Because he's the only one I trust night in and night out. I don't know every night what I'm going to get offensively from Barzell. I don't know what I'm going to get every night offensively from Paul Mary and from Simon Holmstrom and Bo Horvat. Um, so he's always Mr. Reliable. I, I feel like most nights Bo Horvat's going to get me, uh, or sorry, Brock Nelson's going to get me a goal uh, of some kind or make something happen uh, for the Islanders. I do want to point out when it comes to um, Bo Horvat, he's talked about this leading into the season where he says, looking to shoot the puck more. I want to get off to a hot start. We know he had a terrific start, blazing start with Vancouver last year. And then he got traded to the Islanders. He got traded to the Islanders and it fell apart. He had a terrible, terrible time once he got dealt to the Islanders. But he says he wants to get off to a good start. He knows he underachieved early in the season. And he said he was going to shoot the puck a lot. 
uh, in a lot of some of the quotes I was reading from him before the season started. Well, guess did you see? Did, do you look at his shots on goal numbers in that opener against Buffalo? Eight shots on goal uh, for Bo Horvat. Eight shots on goal from him uh, in that game. So I think the over two and a half shots on goal here, minus one thirty-five at BetMGM for Bo Horvat, is a really good bet tonight. Why not? This is a guy that's talking about wanting to get off to a good start. He knows he didn't play well after he got traded from Vancouver. Once he landed with this Islanders team, it just things were not clicking for him uh, offensively. He wants to be off to a good start. He wants to be better for his hockey team this year. There's no question about that. He's talked about wanting to be aggressive and shoot the puck more. We saw him get eight shots on goal against Buffalo Saturday night. So to me, taking over two and a half shots on goal here with Bo Horvat at minus 135 makes a lot of sense to me uh, here in this uh, game tonight against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. A uh, shout out, by the way, to uh, David Shelton, 999 yeah, uh, from the sharing the win from the bin, bargain bin special. Let's keep it going. We appreciate that. That's really kind of you. You know, you can't keep the money to spend if you want, but we appreciate you uh, tipping <laughs> us and donating $10. Yes. Uh, very kind of you, David. Appreciate it very much. Uh, and yes, the um, bargain bin special of the night. I never thought it would have the uh, kind of success that um, it's had so far this season, but uh, it's been a great run and we'll yep. try to uh, keep it going for sure. Uh, moving uh, forward. I think that's pretty much it from uh, that. I thought there was something else I wanted to mention as far as props go uh, in that game, but no, that's about it. Uh, I mentioned what I want. Nelson's the guy to score for uh, the Islanders Keller and uh, Cooley for Arizona. And yeah, that Bo Horvat shot prop. I like that. Uh, quite it's got to be hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd say hard to find goal scoring props for a game that might only have four or five goals. You know, yeah. keep it a little tighter, you know, a little lower volume in a game like this where you're right. Goals are going to be harder to come by that or bat shots on goal prop uh, makes a lot of sense to me as well. All right. Next up, we've got Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Now, this is a good game for potential offensive props and goal scoring props here. Uh, this is an ESPN game, by the way, they have a double header tonight, ESPN, this game, as well as Colorado and Seattle. Uh, this game will be Bob Wischusen on the call with Ryan Cal hey, Callahan, Callahan Auto Parts. Yeah, Ryan Callahan with him. Uh, Sabres minus 125 home favorites, uh, seven the total uh, here in this game. Uh, they've already made the, uh, at least somewhat of an adjustment here with Tampa because that Tampa Bay-Ottawa game on Sunday as well got to seven. Uh, and there was some buyback and we were able to get six and a half with heavy juice for that game. Not as easy to find it here for this game between uh, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. I'm seeing over six and a half. I'm seeing minus 145 at bet 99 is the best price I see. I see over six and a half minus 152 at FanDuel, minus 160 for over six and a half at points bet. So you're really laying juice. So what I would suggest is, you know, I'll be jumping on an over six and a half at a better price. Just hope like crazy. You get a few minutes early in the game scoreless hockey, the Alex B. Smith approach, uh, and then jump on that over six and a half at a, a better number and a better price. There's a lot I like here. Um, I'm going to look for that over six and a half live. No question about that at a little bit of a better price. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding, folks. Tampa Bay is having a hard time right now defensively and with their goaltending minus Andre Vasilevsky, one of the best goaltenders in the sport, one of the best goaltenders in the world. Jonas Johansson and Matt Tompkins aren't it right now. Uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning at this point in time. So, and you know what's also interesting? I don't want to just say it's all because of the goaltending, but they don't have the depth on the blue line they've had in the past. You know, after Hedman and Sergachev, there's way more question marks 
on this Tampa Bay blue line than we've seen before, especially defensively. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see. Now they put Zach Bogosian back into the lineup. Yeah, Zach Bogosian, though, is a little slow afoot these days. And his defensive game actually really dropped a little bit last year for Tampa Bay. So I'm not sure I'm loving that move by John Cooper. I know Coop is up against the wall here with this team struggling to keep the puck out of the net. But I don't know if Zach Bogosian's your savior right now uh, at this uh, point of the uh, season. And another thing that's worth talking about, I don't know if they've got the defensive forward prowess they've had. They've had so many of these great two-way forwards in the past. You think about when Blake Coleman was with this team, and you think about when Yanni Gord was with this team. These great defensive forwards that would be mindful and responsible away from the puck, disciplined defensively away from the puck. And the Lightning don't have those forwards as much right now. Glenn Denning is a bit of a turnstile defensively as a forward. Watson's not going to be a great defensive forward for you. They've got Barboulet. Uh, Sheary can be a little sketchy sometimes defensively. Good offensively. Works hard, but he's not a great defensive forward. Nick Paul is. Nick Paul's the one in the bottom six that's outstanding. Both ends of the ice. Great penalty killer. That bottom six doesn't have the defensive shutdown prowess and the back-checking capability at the forward position that they've had in years past, in my opinion when I watch this team. Uh, and that is definitely something that concerns me about Tampa. So I don't want to just say, wow, all these issues are Johansson uh, to, to blame or Tompkins to blame. No, they're weaker defensively as far as depth is concerned on the blue line. They're weaker as far as good defensive forwards in the bottom six this year. That's also uh, uh, causing these issues for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning right now. So Look, Buffalo's disappointed me a little bit. I can't deny that. I mean, the first two games, the Rangers game was just not very good. A lot of mistakes defensively. They lose 5-1. And then the Islanders game, they lose 3-2. And what's concerning, too, is we didn't expect us to be worried about the Sabres' ability to score goals. And here in the first two games, they've only scored three uh, in the first two games combined. So that's a little bit, bit troubling. Tage Thompson and Skinner and Tuck and, you know, the big guns have been shooting blanks early in the season uh, through the first two games. But I think tonight's the night. When you look at the schedule, you played a good Rangers team with Shesterkin. That's, you know, not a, never always going to be a cakewalk to score goals against them. You played this stingy Islanders team with Sorokin and net, you know, who was one of the better goalies in the league last year. So that's never going to be an easy conquest to try to find the back of the net. Now you're back home. You're playing Tampa Bay with all these defensive issues on their blue line with their forwards and in goal. Buffalo's got to find some offense here as far as I'm concerned. And I think they will uh, here in this uh, game tonight. Uh, I don't love the money line on Buffalo, the price being where it is, minus 120, minus 125. I put a little on that. But the, the large majority is the team total here for the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, there's, there's no reason to fight it right now. Nashville's team total was over two and a half against Tampa Bay, it went over. Uh, Detroit's team total against Tampa Bay, it went over. Ottawa's team total against Tampa Bay, it went over. And I think Buffalo's will uh, as well tonight. And I prefer the team total. This kind of like a 80 to 20 split, just like I talked about with one of the earlier games. Probably only a 20% uh, amount on the minus 120. 80% of the Buffalo bet's going to go to that team total because I like that a lot more. And I think this is a night I think we'll see the offense and the big guns of the Buffalo Sabres start to come to life. So over three and a half, minus 112 at Pinnacle 
uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres team total in this game. And I'm going with Tage Thompson, one of my favorite goal props tonight. It's time. It's Tage time. TNT. He's been too quiet so far this season for the Buffalo Sabres, and he's too good to go this long, especially now the weakest defensive matchup that he has seen all season long. Uh, he will find the back of the net at home tonight and I think get his first goal uh, of the season. He's had a boatload of chances. It's not like he's not trying. He's had seven shots on goal, Tage Thompson, in the first two games combined. This is the night for Tage Thompson. He gets on the scoreboard for the first time this season. We'll go with TNT Dynamite at plus 150 uh, to score a goal tonight for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Alex, uh, Lightning, Sabres. Yeah, for those of you who are just watching this for the first time, maybe you've watched it for years, you may not know this me and ian don't share notes at all like rarely do we talk about something before a game or you know before before a show or i can vouch for that we don't we don't say shit to yeah. each other until like, right before the show i sent <laughs> so, a link to alex i'm like all right here we go yeah. showtime so tuesday link there we go that's it yeah, yeah. The, the two plays that i have are of course i have circled looking for a six and a half at minus 120 live and i have tage thompson to score a goal of plus 150 but i went a step further with tage thompson and this isn't my bargain bin play but i'm going with tage thompson first goal you get that fan duel at 11 to 1 so i'm grabbing plus 150 for him anytime score but i'm also looking for him to get the first one at 11 to 1 along with trying to grab a six and a half 120 i'd even maybe gra- try to grab 125 live with a six and a half we're not trying to get uh greedy with this one we just want to get a a better price because the numbers is going to be high if you're waiting for a five and a half forget about it you, Probably will probably be a one-one game before we we see the amount of time that would be alive for this thing to drop to five and a half. I think the offense wakes up for Buffalo. I think Tampa tries to keep pace, but like you said, the, the defense just won't really allow them to. So Sabers should win this game. But I like Thompson to score. I like him to get the first goal, and I'm looking for an over six and a half at a better price. There we go. Uh, very similar uh, thoughts here, Alex and I, on this uh, Lightning and uh, Sabers game. Yeah, no Steven Stamkos again. Uh, Zane mentioning that in the chat. Yeah. That's the second straight game with that uh, injury, which also kept him out of the Ottawa game uh, on uh, Sunday night. So that's a big a blow to them. I'm trying to see what kind of uh, adjustments they've made. They've got Hagel now on the uh, top line with uh, Point uh, and with Kucherov. Uh, and he's got three points to start the season here for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And now he's on the uh, top line. Uh, so Brandon Hagel, minus 145 to get a point at DraftKings. I don't mind that. Again, value. Value when because look at the line mates. Braden Point is minus two twenty five to get a point in this game tonight. Kucherov also on that top line uh, is it's minus five thirty for him to get a point. It's one and a half points plus a hundred. So you talk about here's Hagel on that same line and he's minus one forty five to get a point. So again, it's that undervalued theory. This guy, even though he's on the top line, Brandon Hagel compared to his line mates, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, uh, no doubt. Uh, Casey Middlestat, yeah, I mean, Casey Middlestat uh, is someone that I think last year really came on strong. Zach Benson, this kid's looked great. I mean, he's actually the one guy that's really looked good here early in the season for the Sabres. Plus 430, sprinkle, sprinkle on him to finally score a goal tonight. He's had two assists so far. Uh, he's had three shots on goal. But, yeah, Middlestat, one goal, one assist, two points. Uh, Middlestat to get a point I think should be fairly reasonable. It is. It's plus 100. At DraftKings for a middle stat point. I like that, says uh, Tim Merrill. Uh, I agree. Middle stat to get a point. And the goal, too, if you want, but he's also a good facilitator, good at setting up his line mates. So the point prop uh, is actually, I think, even more appealing uh, for me when it comes to uh, Casey Middlestat uh, in this game tonight. Uh, so there's some good prop options here. 
Uh, no question about that in this uh, Lightning uh, and uh, Sabres uh, matchup. Uh, and let me see. There's something else, too. It should be a lot of shots, too. This could be one of those games, too, where you get the save prop for both goalies. I could see it. Uh, Johansson for Tampa. And Devin Levi, presuming Devin Levi uh, starts for the uh, Buffalo. Yes, it is confirmed Devin Levi for Buffalo. So this could be a good saves prop type of night as well. Uh, yeah, Hedman point, minus 120, says Rich H. Uh, for him, uh, that's always a pretty good price for him to get a point. If you look at his numbers so far this season, he's got five already uh, in three games. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> minus 120 for a guy with uh, to get a point for a guy with five points in the first two games. Uh, three games. Yeah, that's pretty good uh, for uh, Victor Hedman. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering why that point prop isn't higher for Victor Hedman. That is rather shocking. Five points in three games, and he's only minus 120 to get a point tonight. <laughs> that's pretty remarkable. So that's yeah. good value right there. Uh, no doubt for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, Edmonton, Nashville. We've got Edmonton minus 135 road favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Um, look, Edmonton, I'm on them tonight, minus 135. I'm also going on them in the first period as well, puck line, uh, in this game to kind of have a, a good start, get on the road, get away from these two bad games they've had to start. They didn't really play that bad in the rematch against Vancouver, but they just couldn't score, and the Smith could uh, played very well in net. This is still a team they should beat. They're better than Nashville. They are. On, on paper, they're better than Nashville. Uh, they should be able to bounce back here. But I'll say this about Nashville. They've worked hard. This is not a team that's rolled over and been an easy team to beat here in the early part of the season. Andrew Burnett's got them uh, playing very competitive hockey. You look at their first three games, they're one and two. They gave Tampa a pretty good battle. Remember that game was 3-3 in the third period before Tampa won 5-3. They've shut out Seattle 3-0 at home. Pretty competitive effort with Boston. That was a pretty even hockey game against the Bruins on Saturday night. Nashville falling just short 3-2. Uh, in that game. So this is not a slam dunk here for uh, Edmonton, but I think that I think they mean business tonight. It's time to get your first win. All right. It's time. Uh, Jack Campbell and net for the uh, Oilers. I'm not going to really throw him under the bus for that performance against Vancouver. The first game where they lost eight one, he was in net that night. But the whole team was shit. I mean, what are you going to do? You're only going to blame Jack Campbell uh, for that performance. No, I don't think that's fair. See if he plays better here tonight uh, in this game against uh, Nashville. We expect Soros to be in net for the, uh, Nashville Predators. And keep in mind, Luke Shen is day-to-day, -day, may not play here tonight with a lower body injury. And that is a good, sturdy, st stalwart, stay-at-home defenseman for the uh, Nashville Predators. So he'll be missed in a matchup like this against an Edmonton Oilers team that certainly has their share uh, of firepower uh, offensively. Firepower that's probably just, just on the verge of breaking out at some point. Like, you're not used to seeing the uh, Edmonton Oilers, you know, enter the third game of the season with... Um, you know, some of the guys that have had struggled to score. You know what's funny is I look at the numbers and I keep thinking they haven't done much, and it feels like they haven't done much, and yet Dreisaitl and McDavid still have three points in the first two games. And it feels like they haven't even come close to playing their best hockey yet. And yet still in the first two games against Vancouver, Dreisaitl had two goals and one assist. McDavid had one goal and two assists. Um, and they haven't even scratched the surface of how good they can play yet. And Dre Wood. Croft knows that, you know, we got to get this team sparked a little bit. And he does this a lot. He puts Connor and Leon, the two monsters together on the top line. He's doing that tonight. It's McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Evander Kane. And Evander Kane's the one that's really had a very uh, a bad start. Minus five, no, no points in the first two games. He hasn't, he, I can't, can't find him with a telescope on the ice. 
in the first two games of Andrew Kane. I watched both of those games against Vancouver. Did he do anything noticeable? Did he make any sort of impact? Did he have any quality, real good chances? And sometimes he gets involved physically as well, tries to get in, involved as, in an agitation you know, role. And we really didn't see much of that from him either in the first two games. So Evander Kane has really been a no-show for the Edmonton Oilers here in the first two games. So I think that's part of the reason, too. We need to get Kane going. Let's see if Leon and Connor on the same line with Kane can get him going here tonight against the uh, Nashville Predators. Fogle, Nugent, Hopkins, and Hyman are going to be the uh, second line. Connor Brown, now obviously that experiment, Connor Brown on the top line because he's back is over because he's back down to the third line with Holloway and McLeod. Uh, Warren Fogle on the uh, second line, very interesting. A little bit of a bump for him. That might be giving him some prop value tonight in this game. Warren Fogle for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Um, on the flip side for Nashville, you look at them from a, a prop standpoint here in this game. Uh, it's pretty straightforward what we've gotten from them early in the season. You know, you don't want to overthink it. Forsberg's been shooting the puck a lot. Uh, overshot. He's got 14 shots on goal in the first three games. That's insane. 14 shots on goal the first three games for Philip Forsberg. What's that? An average of a little over four and a half shots on goal per game. So, yeah. And then, yeah, I've talked about the Forsberg overshot prop every game so far. I say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You got to keep taking it at this point. Uh, he's just been shooting the puck quite a bit for the Nashville Predators. Three points. All of them assists. No goals yet for Forsberg, but he has been shooting the puck. Here's someone you can maybe look at. Colton Sissons has three goals in three games. Now, he's probably going to cool off, but right now he's got the hot hand as far as finishing for the uh, for the Nashville Predators, and he's plus 500 at FanDuel to score a goal tonight. Colton Sissons with three goals in the first three games. So very interesting look there. Uh, so there's some props I like. Side and total, like I said, Edmonton minus 128 money line, splitting it with Edmonton first period puck line, which is uh, minus. Actually, you know what? First period money line for Edmonton's minus 120 at Caesars. It's it's the money line's playable enough where I'm going to play it a little safer in case it's tied after the first period. We'll get a push. So Edmonton minus 120 first period split with Edmonton minus 128 uh, for the uh, full game. Uh, I actually like a little over six and a half here because I find in these Edmonton Nashville games, you know, I'm not going to question why we don't think of Ed Nashville necessarily uh, as one of these teams that are going to be in a lot of track meets, but Edmonton kind of brings that out in Nashville, three straight overs, seven, four, six, three, and four, three uh, in the recent series history. So uh, I like over six and a half here, as well as those two Edmonton bets split between the first period uh, and the full game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Oilers, Predators. Yeah, it's been a lot of, uh, like I said, high scoring affairs between these two teams, but a lot of high scoring starts. Seven and two to the first period over. Uh, it's a little bit steep of a number, so this is one I'll be waiting and grabbing live. But Edmonton at, at minus 130, 135, this is a good spot here. I think the Oilers uh, definitely get a win. And, I, and I'm shocked that this number is so low. You look at the history. There was a time where Nashville dominated the Oilers for years and years. But in recent form, uh, the Oilers have won nine of the last 11 meetings. So, uh, like I said, this is a, a, a must-win spot for them, the way that, that things have started for Edmonton. I think this will be a, a good spot here for them to get back on the right track. So, Edmonton minus $1.30, and we're also looking for a live first period over. Absolutely. I uh, like that. Yeah, Matias Ekholm against his old team. Yeah, that, that's a thought uh, that maybe, you know, <laughs> he's just not much of an offensive, you know, point producer or scorer, obviously. not. That's just not his style of play. That's not his role. But if you want to roll the dice, it's 12-1 to 1 at FanDuel. <laughs> 
And you are always fired up when you play your old team, but this is no Matthew Phillips situation. It's not like this guy's going to get a boatload of chances and be able to finish them consistently. It's a must bet here tonight, by the way, in this game. You have to, because it's absolutely insane that in 22 of the last 23 games against Nashville, Leon Dreisaitl has scored a goal against them. It's insane. 22 of the last 23 meetings against Nashville, Leon Dreisaitl has scored against them. He has torched this Predators team. Uh, it's a must bet here for him to score a goal. Plus one, uh, there's actually a really good price out there at Batano, the Ontario book, plus 126. A lot of other books have Dreisaitl at plus 105 to plus 115 to score a goal uh, against a team that he's dominated. He's literally done a tap dance over this Nashville team uh, in the past. So uh, a great problem. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to go one step further here. Alex used this guy, Leon Dreisaitl, for first goal in the bargain bin segment Saturday. I'm going to sprinkle on first goal with Leon Dreisaitl tonight uh, in this game. 10-1 to 1 at FanDuel, plus 1,000 for Leon Dreisaitl to score the first goal of the game. Again, he has completely terrorized this uh, Nashville Predators team, uh, no doubt. And maybe it's a night to sprinkle on the Leon hat trick, as Jarek says. Maybe, because he has done unbelievable damage when he faces the Nashville Predators, and we'll see if that continues here tonight. All right, next up, we've got the uh, Los Angeles Kings uh, taking on the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Man, there's a chock full of storylines here in this game after the trade that these that went down between these two teams in the offseason. Uh, we've got uh, Winnipeg minus 135 home favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this game. L.A., tough start. Goaltending not been up to snuff so far, whether it was Talbot against Colorado and certainly Phoenix Copley was uh, a disaster against Carolina uh, the other night. Although L.A. valiant effort trying to come back, but they fall short in a shootout. 0-2, losing those two home games. But if you actually step back and think about it, you played Colorado and you played Carolina. Okay, those are two of the best teams in the NHL. They're one, they're the be one of the best teams in each of their respective conferences. Perennial Stanley Cup contenders every year. Pretty tough opening, even at home, to play those two teams to start your season. This is a bit of a step down for the Kings. And maybe going on the road is a good thing for them. You know, after playing those two, you know, get the uh, team camaraderie going, start to bond as a team, come together, uh, and really look to, you know, get on the right track here. Because I still like the roster. I love the roster. I love the center ice depth. We've talked about this. Ad nauseum with LA with Kopitar, Deneau, Dubois, and Lazat down the middle. Byfield has played well. Kempe hasn't even gotten going yet. Wait till that happens. Trevor Moore's been solid. You know, you got Fiala uh, and this young kid, Alex Laferriere, man. He's played very well. He's been noticeably got in a fight the other night uh, in the, one of the games. So very, very impressed with the uh, LA group. The blue line's solid. It's just the goaltending is what you keep coming back to is the clear weakness. But to me, you match up these two teams. I like L.A. a little bit better at forward. I definitely like L.A. better on the blue line than I like Winnipeg. The, the problem is Connor Hellebuck is probably better than either of their two goalies, and the one position L.A. is weaker in is goaltending, and that's the one position where you don't want to be weak, you know, against the other team, you know, in that area. That being said, look, the Jets, they, they lost their opener to Calgary. They came back, fired up for their home opener against a Florida team that we know is going to have their issues early in the season, and they bounced back. I liked Winnipeg against Florida, and I liked Winnipeg against uh, – or Alex liked Winnipeg against uh, Florida as well uh, on Saturday. And credit to them, they cashed for us, but 
I can't, I can't turn away from taking the Los Angeles Kings at this price, at this number, when I, I still believe they're the better of these two teams. No, they haven't played like it yet, but they played Colorado and Carolina, two uh, very, very difficult opponents off the shoot. Maybe going on the road is that maybe they're going to tighten things up even more for their, you know, questionable goaltending because they're going on the road. I could see that happening here tonight for the LA Kings, just playing even tidier, stingier defensive game uh, to help out Cam Talbot, who will be the starting goaltender, by the way, for this game tonight for the uh, LA Kings and Connor Hellebuck, of course, confirmed for the uh, Jets. I'm going to go with LA here. It's a good number. It's a good price. It's a little bit of a buy low situation on them. You know, everyone pretty much has had the Kings better than the Jets coming into the season. You're getting a good number now, plus 120 uh, in this game on the uh, LA Kings. And, you know, Cuban Wayne Gretzky's reading my script here in the chat. He's on to all the shit I was about to mention, all the revenge angles. You can bet Pierre-Luc Dubois props tonight, his first game against his former team, the Winnipeg Jets. You know, absolutely. Um, you go in a bunch of different directions. PLD, yeah, you know me, you can go with shots on goal because I think he's really going to want to score against the Jets. Things didn't always go harmoniously for him in Winnipeg. Uh, over uh, two and a half shots, minus 130, minus 120 to get a point, plus 220 to get a goal. I'm going with the whole kit and caboodle uh, right there. Uh, on uh, That's an old old school term uh, right there, if you didn't know what the hell I was saying there, kit and caboodle. But uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, shots on goal, point prop, goal prop, and then Gabe Velarde on the uh, Winnipeg side of the equation, facing his old team, the Los Angeles Kings, for the first time. His point prop is only minus 104 to minus 110. His goal prop is upwards of plus 260 uh, at FanDuel. Uh, so absolutely. I mean, this, and, and why not consider I a follow, you know, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets as well. Another guy that was dealt in that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois deal from LA to Winnipeg now with the Jets and I follow, I believe scored already a goal in one of the games this, this year already for uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets. He's plus 330 at FanDuel to score a goal. He's plus 110 to plus 115. Uh, to get a point, probably active shooter over two and a half shots on goal at plus money. The Velarde shots on goal, you know, over uh, two and a half is at plus money, plus 150. I mean, you could really say, um, you could really go with a lot of different players here because you see it all the time. You saw it with Matthew Phillips last night in our bargain bin special. You want to show out and show up when you play your old team for the first time. And especially in the case of Dubois. Because there was a rocky relationship there with the Winnipeg Jets, the brass, with the coaching staff down the stretch, you know, and um, he really is going to want to stick it, you know, to the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets tonight now as a member of the L.A. Kings. But I also think that on the Winnipeg side, Velarde and I follow are really going to want to make an impact as well. So all the revenge players, good player prop options in this game. Alex, uh, what do you think here? L.A. Winnipeg. I was trying to look and see that if Dubois scored his first uh, when he joined Winnipeg, that first goal. But uh, yeah, this is definitely one of those revenge spot uh, games. I figured you'd have quite a bit with, uh, especially with Gabe Velarde being you know moved. He was the the highlight of the early part last year for uh, your goal scoring props. I, I remember that vividly. So uh, I think this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a big back and forth game. Looking at the numbers for with Talbot against uh, Winnipeg and Hellebuck against LA. Both, uh, you know, below 500, both above three uh, goals against below three in those situations. So this could be one of those back and forth kind of a, a dogfight battles. I love the draw here. I grabbed that this morning at plus 330. 
Kings and Jets were, were those teams that played really tight. Like I said, Kings definitely need to tighten up defensively, knowing that Talbot's and that I think they're going to play uh, with that emphasis more. And we may not see a lot of the, the big offense early. So we might actually have a chance to grab a, a live total here as well. But I, I think this one it goes past 60 minutes. So my one play for right now is going to be on the regulation draw. All right, looking at the draw here with the uh, Kings and the Jets. Yeah, I see this being a pretty close game, pretty competitive game, pretty spirited game. I'm looking forward to seeing it here with the uh, uh, with the uh, Kings and the uh, Jets. And also looking forward to this next game, which is the second half of the ESPN National TV doubleheader tonight. Colorado Avalanche, Seattle Kraken. Playoff rematch from the first round last year when Seattle bounced the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche last year uh, in the first round. Colorado minus 150 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, it's getting up there, man. Minus 150. Uh, I did take Colorado. I did. I'm off the Seattle bandwagon. Watch them win tonight after I took them in the first three games. Now I'm flipping flopping to the other side and watch them win tonight. But no, I like Colorado here uh, in this game. Mind, look, it's not just. It's a. It's a part of the equation. It's a part of the puzzle. But it can't be the entire reason you take Colorado. But it is part of the puzzle that they're playing Seattle for the first time since Seattle knocked them out uh, in the playoffs last year. So obviously Colorado's got a little extra. This is not just a little. Uh, this is just not an ordinary regular season game for Colorado. This one means just a little bit more uh, at the very least here for them uh, in this game. And to be honest with you, don't be fooled by the escape. It's going to look like San, uh, against San Jose the other night. Colorado was sleepwalking. They barely won. No, they dominated. They had 50 shots on goal. It was a Blackwood one-in-a-lifetime performance in net from him uh, in that game. Otherwise, that could have been 6-1, to one, you know, for Colorado uh, on Saturday night against San Jose. So, no, I expect Colorado to really bring it here in this game. Uh, I'm probably – look, I, I got in on this at a little bit better price than what you see out there now. Uh, I think when I took it, it was around minus 138 to minus – yeah, it was minus 138 when I got Colorado. It was a really good price. It was obviously a, about a 15-cent move now toward Colorado since then. Um, and plus, you're right, Seattle Rich coming off the road trip as well. Now, those first home games off the road trip spots earlier in the season aren't as damaging uh, physically to the team, but it's still not easy. And look, they don't have confidence right now. They, they can't score goals. Uh, this offense is dormant here early in the season for Seattle. Uh, that's uh, that's definitely a concern for me. Uh, no question about that. They actually miss Brandon Tanev. Don't don't laugh at it. Brandon Tanev's an energy guy for the uh, Seattle Kraken, and without him, you know they la they've lacked a little bit of that uh, here in some of these uh, games recently. So uh, definitely like Colorado here. I'm still going to recommend it at minus 150. If you want to get a little bit of a better number, better price, you could go in regulation or go minus one uh, with the uh, full game puck line. But I'll bite the bullet here and. Now that it's mine, it's not above minus 150 yet. Um, so minus 150 is right at the threshold for me. So I'll go Colorado minus 150 is the official play for me for the show on the abs uh, in this game. Uh, and then as far as props go for uh, this one uh, here tonight, um, Miko Rantanen had a, uh, a bunch of chances against San Jose. Puck didn't go in for him. I think it does go in for him here uh, in this game for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Jonathan Drouin to get a point. Uh, that is something that I've been betting repeatedly uh, early in the season. As long as he stays on that top line with McKinnon and Rantanen, he's totally undervalued. I mean, it's just insane. We've talked about this. He's playing with McKinnon, his junior teammate, happy to be there again. Uh, he's minus 105 to get a point. Jonathan Drouin, 
You know what the point prop is for McKinnon uh, on that uh, top line? Yeah, it's uh, minus 480 for him to get one point on that top line. And for Rantanen, it's uh, minus 340 for him to get one point. And here's Drouin on that same line with those two great players. He's minus 105 to get a point. It's just the insanity, really. I mean, and you can take advantage of this stuff. There's always that one guy that's disrespected on the top line in a lot of these instances. And it's Drew N right now for uh, Colorado. So abs minus 150 for me in this one. Uh, Alex, uh, Avalanche, crack. Yeah, Kraken need to step up and get a win here uh, in this spot. But I'm worried. This is the first, uh, you know, game off that, you know, playoff meeting last year. I'm sure Colorado, you know, they certainly weren't happy with the way that they got bounced out. But they needed that. I think, like, you know, I said it, you know, when they got eliminated. Colorado was like Tampa Bay, one of those teams that after making those runs over and over in the playoffs, they needed the rest, I think. And now they seem to be a sharper refocus more. They look more like Colorado so far than the first couple of games. And they're still going to get better, but Seattle's got to really bring the fight to them. Home opener. This is a, a tough one. I don't have anything on this game as of right now. I, I lean towards Seattle, but like I said, I could see where Colorado could come out maybe hot with some energy early. So this is one I'll be watching for sure. Probably dabbling with some live action, but uh, this is going to be more of a good game to just sit and, and watch and observe uh, with these two teams than betting on anything. Just a, a pass for now for Alex. Maybe wait for something live to uh, unfold here when it comes to uh, Colorado and Seattle. Thank you, someone in the chat, for mentioning something I forgot to mention, uh, and that is uh, Evan Bouchard for uh, the Oilers. Yeah, the point prop's gotten a little juicy, but the power play point prop, I'm on that at minus 105, and I am on that shots on goal prop, too, over two and a half, minus 135. Uh, he's gone over that shot prop each of the first two games. He's shooting the puck a lot from that blue line for Edmonton, so I agree with you on that, those props involving um, Evan Bouchard for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. All right, we've got two games left. On we go. It's Carolina and San Jose. Uh, next up, Carolina, as you would expect, a massive uh, favorite here in this game. Uh, minus 310 uh, in some spots, and the total right now sitting at uh, six shaded to the over. Uh, in uh, this game. This is an interesting handicap for me because here we go in this game with uh, Carolina off the loss to Anaheim, back-to-back. -back. Remember, they had the, the win against L.A. They got out to that early, fast start. Bad goaltending from Copley played into that. But then L.A. charged back strong, really, really, you know, made it a game, and then they lost in a shootout. And then Carolina kind of lackadaisical, kind of out of it against Anaheim. They got off to a bad start, kind of predictable. They had won the first two games. There was no urgency, you know, playing Anaheim on Sunday night. It's a big reason why I liked Anaheim. And they had won each of the two meetings last year. So Anaheim had played Carolina well uh, last year uh, in those two games. But now you get Carolina off a loss, refocused, and looking probably to not look past San Jose like they did Anaheim uh, coming into this game here tonight. So I definitely want to look at Carolina in some form. It's a question of how do you go about it when it's a minus 310 favorite. Uh, first period puck line I like a little bit, plus 115 for uh, Carolina. That's not the greatest price for a first period puck line, but plus 115 uh, for Carolina to win the first period. Uh, I think that's worth a look. And I'm going to go to the well with Carolina team total over three and a half, minus 144 uh, at Pinnacle. Um, offense hasn't been an issue for Carolina this year. They only scored three against Anaheim, but you know they got behind so early in that game. They obviously scored a bunch of goals against Ottawa. Scored a bunch of goals against L.A. So offense has been very impressive for Carolina. They haven't found their defensive game yet. 
the Carolina Hurricanes this season. So I'm also going to sprinkle a little on over six in this game at minus 120 uh, between the uh, Sharks and the and the Hurricanes because Carolina has not been playing that tight, strong, shut you down defense yet these first few games. Keep in mind, Ottawa, they scored three goals and got back into that game. Carolina usually 3-1 at home against Ottawa, game over. Not that night. Ottawa came back and tied it uh, in the third period. So I don't love where Carolina's defensive game is right now. They gave up a big lead to L.A. on Saturday night against the Kings. They gave up, obviously, five goals plus an empty netter against Anaheim uh, on Sunday. So Carolina's not playing great. Their usual sturdy defensive game is not there yet for Rod Brindamore's team. So maybe San Jose can score a little bit here tonight as well. So that's why I'm also on this over six here with the Hurricane Sharks. So it's three bets here. It's Carolina first period puck line, Carolina team total over three and a half, and the full game over six with Hurricanes and Sharks. I'm going to assume, obviously, that it's going to be Mackenzie Blackwood after that Marty Brodeur uh, type. It was amazing, you know, to see play like that. At, uh, it was a, a staggering performance, really, that he was that good uh, in that game. Uh, you're never going to see him probably play like that again, uh, quite honestly. It, it was that impressive from uh, against the uh, Colorado Avalanche the other night. Uh, you know, he was basically the uh, reason that they were able to stay uh, in that game and stay as close as they were for a long period of time. Uh, but you know my thoughts when it comes to these uh, goaltenders where, you know, all of a sudden you have this great performance. Uh, and then you got to trust them uh, to be able to do it again. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy that has been a marginal goaltender uh, in the NHL for a long period of time. We've made the jokes. I've made the jokes. Blackwood injured, injured, hurt, injured, bad game, bad game, mediocre game, injured, bad game, good game, good, mediocre game, bad game, injured. I've gone on about that little uh, joke about Blackwood for years. He, to his credit, Played the game of his life the other night against Colorado. I will dare him to do it again. Dare him to do it again and, and, and say, hey, you were good that night. You were awesome. You looked like you were Patrick Juan as prime uh, the other night against the Colorado Avalanche. Do it again tonight for me. Then I'll believe a little bit because yeah. consistency has never been there for him, Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, he'd have some good games, like I said, for New Jersey. And then he'd come back and shit the bed and give up four or five. So, and plus think about the workload he had. You know, 50 pucks he had to face that night against uh, Colorado. So I got to see him do it again. I don't trust him to. Keep in mind, he got some defensemen out, including Mark Edward Vlasic for this uh, Sharks team. The injuries are already accumulating. Couture on IR. They put Michael Granlund uh, on IR for them as well. So uh, already some injuries mounting for San Jose. So Hurricanes first period puck line. Hurricanes team total over. Full game over. The three bets for me in this game. Alex, uh, Carolina, San Jose. I have absolutely nothing in this game on side and total, but I do have a player that I have highlighted, and I'll be talking about him later in the bargain bin uh, play of the night. Good teaser right there for the bargain bin special of the night. There are some props I like. Michael Bunting to get a point. I've just consistently talked about that. Tavo Taravainen, he's off to a terrific uh, start. Four goals uh, for him this year. Uh, goal prop and point prop for him are still very good value. Uh, good to see because Tavo Taravainen's offensive game slipped down the stretch last year for Carolina, but he's got it back. Point prop plus 110, goal prop plus 290. Uh, I definitely like the looks of that. And Marty Natchez, I think, you know, he's had a bunch of chances. 
Uh, I think the puck's going to start going in for him a little bit more, plus 185 for him to find the back of the net for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So there are some good props that I like here, on, especially uh, on the hurricane side uh, of the equation. All right, final game for this uh, Tuesday NHL card. And shout out, by the way, to everyone in the chat. Almost 300 live yes, viewers thank you, right guys. now. Thank uh, you, we everyone. appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, hit the like button if you have not done so already. Uh, and uh, like I say, we really, really do appreciate the uh, support and you guys tuning in. All right, this is one of the games of the night. Another playoff rematch, a Western Conference final rematch. The Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. These are teams that are one and three in my current power ratings in the NHL right now. So uh, very, very high up there. We've got even money, minus 110. Uh, both sides, five and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Look, Dallas, obviously, this is not your, just like we talked about with Colorado, Seattle. For Dallas, not your average regular season game. This is a team that they feel they've got to try to measure up to. It's the defending champs. It's the team that unceremoniously bounced them uh, in the Western Conference final last year. Pretty That was a pretty decisive performance, too, by Vegas over Dallas in that Western Conference final. I think there's a lot of, we need to redeem ourselves a little bit uh, in the Dallas Stars going into this game tonight, whether it's uh, Joel Pavelski, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, uh, you know Wyatt Johnston, Miro Haskinen on the blue line, and even their goaltender, Jake Ottinger, who didn't have a great series at all, in my opinion, against Vegas in that conference final uh, last year. So they all definitely uh, want to um, respond. Um, but I'm not as bullish on Dallas in this spot as you would think. I am, I did take Dallas here at Moneyline, even money. But I, I'm not keeping – it's not as big a bet as you would have thought because usually I love these situations. you got a really good team. that You know they want this game a little bit more than the average game. But, man, all Vegas does is just they go out there. They're workmanlike. They're businesslike. They get good goaltending. Their defense is outstanding. And they look like they are suffering no ill effects of any sort of Stanley Cup hangover right now. And I respect the way Vegas has played. So while I am on Dallas, this is not anything close to best bet material here uh, for me in this hockey game. Dallas minus 110 with, uh, again, a reserved, tepid opinion right there on Dallas. I am on them, but it's nothing I am loving in this game, considering I'm respecting what Vegas has done here. Now, I will say Vegas has beaten Seattle, you know, San Jose. Uh, and um, there's another bad Anaheim. team, Anaheim. You know, and Seattle's a winless hockey team right now. And Anaheim and San Jose. Well, Anaheim's, you know, I think Anaheim's got potential to be a little bit better. And we know San Jose should be the worst team in the NHL this year. So da Vegas has not faced anyone yet this regular season in these first few games, the caliber of Dallas. So that's another part of the equation for me, too, with liking Dallas a bit. And you're right, they're gutted on the blue line a bit. It looks like Petrangelo's going to miss another game. They were already without Alec Martinez and Zach Whitecloud uh, on the blue line. And I know they got tons of depth. It's amazing how Vegas can just lose these defensemen. And, oh, here comes Caden Korchak. Oh, here comes Ben Hutton. Oh, here comes Braden Pahal. And we're still able to win games. And, and, and you don't notice uh, any sort of uh, uh, cluster injuries that are unfolding because they've got the depth to replace those guys. That being said, that depth was good to beat Seattle, Bank, uh, San Jose, and Anaheim. Is that depth now to replace Petrangelo, White Cloud, and uh, Martinez? Is that depth going to be good enough to meet, beat a much better team tonight, the Dallas Stars? That's the big question 
I am on Dallas, minus 110. Like it, but don't love it. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Stars, Golden Knight. Yeah, it's going to be a fun back-and-forth game. And I, I think the books are kind of looking at it, you know, really deep into saying, oh, this is definitely going to be a true kind of uh, playoff revenge rematch with this line and this total. I think five and a half is a tad bit low. I get it. Vegas, every game has been 4-1 Vegas. But like you mentioned, those teams they play, uh, a Seattle team that's not in sync. Uh, a, a, Absolutely horrendous San Jose team, a, a mid-range to bad Anaheim team. They're stepping up in class now, finally, and Vegas uh, and Dallas certainly has uh, Vegas in their scope. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, so I like over five and a half, laying the dollar twenty. When when someone bets over five and a half, you know, my first thought is, you know, I, I don't care who the teams are, the totals five and a half. I mean, you don't you aren't going to get those every day, uh, and. Um, I find these five and a halfs, a lot of the time they do end up uh, finding their way up and over the total. And I think Dallas actually is going to be being, is going to look to be a little more aggressive uh, here in this game tonight, uh, especially knowing that, you know, they want this one a little bit more uh, than some of their other, uh, than a normal regular season game. So we'll see how it unfolds here. Um, There's a couple props that I like. Um, I just think this, the world of this young kid in his rookie year last year with Dallas was off the charts now in his second year, and he got a point for Dallas in their previous game, and he's plus 130 to get a point tonight at DraftKings. Wyatt Johnston, man. Wyatt Johnston. How many times have I talked about him and sung his praises? Uh, and, uh, yeah, definitely undervalued as far as getting a point uh, tonight, in my opinion, for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, in this game. As far as the Vegas props, it's always, you know – Nicholas Waugh, nobody talks about him. He's on the fourth line, and yet he seems to find the back of the net or get a point. So any props with Nicholas Waugh, they're always undervalued. Chandler Stevenson, five points in the first three games for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. That's very impressive. His point prop is reasonable. It's only minus 115 uh, at FanDuel. Uh, no rope hints, it looks like, by the way, once again tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars. They will miss him, obviously, one of their absolute best uh, goal scores, uh, but uh, we'll see about that. Now, it's it's, it's listed as day-to-day. I don't think we have had yet confirmation of whether he's in or out tonight, so I don't want to say for sure that Rope Hintz is out for Dallas, but that is definitely something you want to keep an eye on. Uh, and like I said, Stevenson, five points, and he's only minus 115 to get a point. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's a point prop for him. No, there isn't. Uh, but uh, let me just uh, see what else we've got there. But no, there isn't for Nick Hague. But Nick Hague on the blue line for Vegas. Again, getting more minutes because of all the injuries back there. He has three points in the first three games uh, for them uh, this season. Shea Theodore to get a point. I think there should be a point prop for him. Yeah, plus 110. He's got points, uh, two points for uh, the uh, Golden Knights in the uh, first three games. So there's not a bad option as well. But Definitely uh, some uh, decent uh, options there as far as the uh, prop market goes uh, in that one. Yeah, Amadio, uh, Barbashev to get a point is always undervalued. Amadio scored the other night, and he's someone we talked about last year in a player prop form. Now he's on the third line, but he's playing with a guy like Carlson, who has gotten three points. There's William Carlson point props, another one to consider, plus 120. He's got, I believe, three po- two points in three games for the uh, Golden Knights, but yeah, Mario goal prop uh, plus 500 at FanDuel. You know, he scored the other night and he is one of those sneaky depth forward players for the Vegas Golden Knights that's capable of making an impact. So uh, definitely some good value to sprinkle around the board here as far as player props go uh, in this Stars Golden Knights game. 
All right, great stuff. 310 live viewers. Wow, great stuff. Thanks for, to everyone yeah, thank for tuning you in thank this you. Tuesday edition of the Ice Guys. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Reminder, the Ice Guys family plan, it's $9.99 US per month. We're having a ton of fun there. I mean, great comments, too, in the community from the members that yep. have subscribed to the uh, channel uh, as part of the family plan. They leave their comments in our posts. Uh, we definitely see them. We acknowledge them. Uh, and we appreciate it. The daily card, the player props are posted there. We've got all the special discount uh, options and offers for the store, the Ice Guy store there as well. Uh, there's going to be more incentives coming uh, eventually down the road when we do our impromptu live betcast. And even when we do our normal free for all betcast, we're going to give invites specifically first come, first uh, come, first serve to the members uh, of the channel to be our guests on the uh, BetCast. So right. uh, all of that and more, and just so much uh, incentive to become an Ice Guys Family Plan member, $9.99 US per month. And all you got to do is click the join button that you see on the uh, YouTube channel to become part of the fam. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, the perks of, of being a family member, like right now, uh, we have a secondary store for some of the items that we aren't able to create in our original store, which is at IceGuysMySpreadShop.com. Uh, you can go... And click on the link inside of the community tab for members only, and you can get our new toques. Uh, we got the Skinner shirts that are available in that store as well. We've also got some kind of remixed editions of the regular T-shirts and hoodies. So all that's there. But if you're Ice Guys family plan member, like I said, you've probably seen the top five of Ian's uh, power rankings and my power rankings. Those full charts are now over on our Patreon page. That's where all of our written content will be. I'll have some articles going up there uh, next week as well so definitely check that page out as well be a part of, of, of all of it and uh like i said get all the content that we have to offer uh right now all right there we go uh sign up at the uh uh on the uh, channel uh the ice guys youtube channel uh, and become a member of the uh, family plan all right another tough act to follow for yours truly with the bargain bin special of the night uh it's not easy you know what uh, I, I'm going to give this some extra thought because it's just such a tough act to follow last night. So I'll actually let Alex go first. Alex, what's your bargain bin special here tonight? So, yeah, we're going back to that Carolina-San Jose game. It was a guy you mentioned uh, in, in your rundown, Tuvo Teravainen. Uh, he's definitely a guy who it's shocking. You're not going to find too much to get for him in the bargain bin the way that he's scoring with four goals in three games. But to get a power play point tonight, plus 350, I think that that's kind of screaming at me. I like that a lot. I actually made that a client play. So uh, I'm definitely jumping in on that one. Tuvo Teravainen to get a, a point on the power play at plus 350. That's my bargain bin special for tonight. All right. Very good. A power play point for uh, Tavo Teravainen uh, of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and uh, that's a very, that's a good selection there. And you can find that at plus 340 to plus 350. Uh, so a really good price with that. Tavo Teravainen. Uh, power play point prop. I'm going to go to the revenge game, Kings and Jets. Dubois doesn't fit the criteria, even though I really like his goal prop. It doesn't fit the plus 300 or better criteria. Um, I like Velarde a lot in that game, but it doesn't fit the uh, plus 300 or better criteria. Uh, very, very impressive. Oh, Dingus is keeping our, because I'm, I'm also keeping track of what we're doing with the bargain bin, but there we go. Uh, five and seven, 32.6 units. And it's because of the 700 and the Donato 350. Uh, and we had another one there that was a huge price. And plus you had your 800 with Leon Dreisaitl, first goal on Saturday. Yep. And I like Leon to score first tonight. It's not bargain bin, uh, special pick, but uh, I do like Leon to score the first goal tonight against Nashville. 
And like I say, not only him to score a goal anytime, but maybe the two goals or more and the hat trick option might be worth a look for Leon tonight against Nashville. My bargain been special. I'm going to go to another option here. And this option I do like as well. Like I like Dubois. I like Velarde. Uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, these are guys that um, I think are going to want to play well. But so is this guy for the LA or for the um, uh, Winnipeg Jets tonight. Uh, and unlike, um, you know, Velarde's had a quiet start. Even Dubois has had a quiet, quiet start. But unlike them, this guy has found the back of the net with a goal here in the first two games for the Winnipeg Jets. And he's also facing uh, his old team. So let's go Alex Ayafalo for the Winnipeg Jets against his former team to find the back of the net tonight at plus 330 uh, at FanDuel. So there you have it. Uh, Alex Ayafalo, Winnipeg Jets plus 330 uh, for my bargain bin special uh, of the night. I was tempted too by Raphael Harvey Pinard. I almost went there with him playing on the top line tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens against the uh, Minnesota Wild. His goal prop is plus 330 as well at uh, DraftKings. But I've, same price, and I, but I like the Ayafalo situation uh, even more. So Ayafalo, Winnipeg Jets, plus 330 for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, we roll right in now to best bets for this Tuesday slate. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Pretty sure we're going to have to swap these two uh, segments around, it seems like. But uh, I got to get back on the roll with the uh, best bets, and I'm going to try and do that here. And I like the Minnesota Wild in regulation, plus 105 to get the job done. Marc-Andre Fleury back home, most likely his last game in Montreal. He's had a phenomenal career everywhere, but certainly when he plays back in his home province. And uh, the Wild have absolutely dominated the Habs, winning 14 of the last 15 meetings. So give me Minnesota in regulation, plus 105 is my best bet tonight. All right, Minnesota in regulation, plus 105 against Montreal. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. My best bet, let's go Buffalo. Buffalo Sabres, team total over three and a half, minus 112. The team total for the opposition is cashed in every game against Tampa Bay. And let's see if it does so again. I think it does. Buffalo team total over three and a half, my best bet uh, for this Tuesday card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form uh, on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm -hmm.